Welcome to Walking Backwards. I'm Brad Gramet, and this week's guest is Rich Davis. Rich is a Steadicam operator, a very good Steadicam operator, in fact. And we sat around and had a couple of beers and chatted, and it was really nice. I enjoyed it, and I hope you enjoy it as well. If you'd like to contact me, you can email me at walkingbackwardspodcast at gmail.com. Welcome to Rich Davis. <laughs> Thanks for coming on, man. Thanks oh. for making the drive. I know you live up up north. <laughs> I live in Santa Clarita, which <laughs> which seems very far to uh, many people in Los Angeles. I live in the burbs, that's for sure. Um, one of my DPs actually laughingly teases me. He's like, he's like, oh, I'm going to come up and visit you, Rich. Um, when should I set my flight? You know, what time, what's the best time to fly in? <laughs> It's nice up there, though. Yeah, it's great. It's I've I've got uh, I've got twins. I moved up there when I had the kids, and uh, my wife and I we needed needed more space. Uh, you know, yeah. immediately outgrew my little Valley Village house. Yeah. Oh, you were in Valley Village. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So what's that? That's three now. Three kids. Two kids. Twins. Are they twins? They're twins. I've met the boy. I, yeah. I and the daughter never comes around to anything. <laughs> I knew you had a daughter. I did. Oh, that's so funny. I just had no idea they were twins, I guess. They oh. are twins. Oh, they, that's and, really cool. And <clears throat> I've, uh, you know, it's kind of gone full circle with them now. So uh, moved out there for for them when uh, right after they were born, six months old. And uh, now they're getting ready for college. I'm shipping them off to college in the fall. So in a couple of months. Get out of here. Yeah. I remember him when... Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's so crazy! Yeah, it went by fast. <coughs> wow, you know, it's funny because I I always judge, you know, their ages kind of when I was doing a certain show. You know, it's like oh, I know they were they were three when I started Scrubs, and then you know right. they were eight when I started eight or nine when I started uh, Cougar Town, and you know it goes on and on like that. That's so, so funny. Yeah, you know that brings me to um, something I was going to ask you. Um, how do you deal with or how have you dealt with um family with traveling and with the the hours and i know you do mostly half hour comedy so or at least at least recently um yeah most definitely um uh dealing with dealing with family and stuff and trying to trying to have a balance uh which is you know always the tough thing and yeah always the uh the most important thing um you know, I made conscious decisions early on. I stopped, you know, when I, in, back in 2000 when, you know, I, I just finished Bring It On and, you know, um, that was actually 99, I guess, um, thinking about doing other feature things. And I started, realized with the kids and especially with twins and we didn't have any family here that it was going to be really important for me to be around. Right. And um, as things worked out, I was doing... Um, I was doing MTV Cribs at the time too, which traveled, but it was always, almost always was a travel day, a shoot day, a travel day. Okay. And sometimes those travel days were travel to Vegas. Right. So it was pretty, it was a pretty cake. Like one gig. or two days. It was a hard shoot days. day because right. I'd be in the rig literally all day, like literally without docking except a few times. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I, I would set the rig up on a, you know, on somebody's kitchen counter and they'd change a battery and then okay and we'd continue oh wow but, well we'll get into that but i mean okay. but that's a smart that's a smart thing to 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 i mean to make that conscious decision with the kids you made it like to do when, more tv and um essentially try to stay when, in town more when, and, yeah when the the opportunities came for that i got into uh tv comedies it was like this is a perfect fit um right comedies tend to not be funny after 
12, 13, 14 hours. Um, it's comedians are having a harder time. They don't want to do it. Huh. Doesn't work so well. So um, generally, I've been pretty lucky, and I've had more than ten to twelves on days. So that's been a lot nicer. And that's a doable day. You that's can a see very your doable kids. day. And the other thing is, a lot of my shows do three weeks on, one week off. So oh, suddenly, yeah, at the great. end of three weeks, you've got nine days in a row with e- with weekends on each end that the kids get one hundred percent of my attention. That's so, great. Yeah. Yeah. That's um, kind of nice. <clears throat> well, plus, like with comedy, it's not as the setups aren't as complicated most of the time, I would assume, right? It it kind of depends. It depends on the show and depends on the thing. But there are there are definitely some more simplistic uh, things for sure. I mean, uh, you know, a lot of the shots are get in there that you want to see the face to deliver the joke. Um, so making sure your eye lines are tight and things like that. Sure. But um, yeah, you're you. But you, comedy's always been known to play well wide anyway. Uh, wider lenses for sure. Right. Um, and not always, not always in a in a wide shot. Um, no, 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 no. I don't mean that. I just yeah. mean you know you give them a little space to breathe. It's oh. Especially the more physical it is, obviously. Sure, but, absolutely. But yeah, it's not like drama where you're no. doing the uh, you know yeah, eyebrows not, to chin. Yeah, stuff. it's not. Uh, it's not. Uh, Unless there's a comedic effect to it, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's cool. I mean, I know, I know you've been, you've been um, doing those. Well, you you mentioned Scrubs. Mm-hmm. Which, but you know what? Since we let's let's go back to t- talk about um, cribs, okay? Um, because that's the first time I ever heard your name. You're where are you from originally? Um, Florida, actually. You are. So I grew up in South Florida, and then I went off to school at uh, University of Colorado in Ohio State. Um, I, I ended up ended up graduating from Ohio State. Okay. Um, Colorado didn't have their film program when I realized I wanted to do film. Oh, so you so, switched over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I'm from Orlando. Right. Which then I was in Orlando after college right. for a number of years. And I was thinking about that. I don't think we ever met when I was there, did no. we? Okay. When, when did you leave? I left in 96, I think. Okay. So I started in the business in 98. Okay. So you were gone. But a bunch of people knew you, including Josh and Eric mm-hmm. and just a bunch of the crew there. And so I always heard your name. But... I think the first time I heard it was related to Cribs, or would that have been later? It might have been a little later. It's all blurry. Um, Cribs but. probably started about '99, I think. Okay, so all right. Mm-hmm. And was Josh your assistant on Cribs? Uh, Josh was one of my assistants on Cribs. Okay, I, I actually ran through a uh, a whole bunch of different people at different points in their career. Uh, everybody from uh, from uh, Dave Armstrong, who was went on to be the DPs of all the Saw movies, right? Um, and uh, who who I was able to connect Josh with. He's done a bunch of uh, projects with him. I worked with Josh and Dave on a on a on a movie. Oh, okay. I I kind of filled in for Josh and did B camera and whatever. <clears throat> but, oh, perfect. Um, yeah, Dave's a nice guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's cool. So you know, yeah, Dave. Dave was Dave was was assisting me. We were shooting. Oh, now I can't. Remember. I think it was Jewel, and we were down in. I think it was Jewel. Um, we were in. Just north of San Diego, she had a place out in the. Well, we won't say where. Um, somewhere, somewhere, and <laughs> um, we'd gotten there early, and we'd stopped off to get a bite to eat before, because you and Cribs, you never had, you never had a seven a.m. or six a.m. call time, because it was musicians. So it's always your one. call time was it was eleven. We would be there, and you'd start to do things at noon or one. Somebody taps them and wakes them up. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. So, um, so we got to, we get, since it was a long drive down, we we'd gotten down, ended up early, and we were getting a bite to eat, and Dave was. Uh, was telling me, oh, he just 
he'd gotten offered this script potentially and he was like oh i could so do this and and it was like he's like oh i could really make this amazing and i was like wow okay um you know and he kind of described the project to me i was like wow it did sound original nothing i'd heard like heard of before and you know the rest is history that was saw huh mm-hmm. wow that's yeah. cool yeah. good for him man yeah and he definitely had a vision for it i mean they yeah. did a great job and, and obviously made a lot of money <laughs> so good for them they definitely did <clears throat> um so did you do the cribs of howie duro from the backstreet boys in in uh over near uh Cape canaveral Coco. No, I did not do that one. Okay. <laughs> I did not do that one. I did a lot of them. I did a lot of the travel ones, but uh they they had uh they had New York crew and they had and they had LA crew. Oh, okay. And we did a lot of the big tra- the LA crew did a lot of the big traveling ones. We did um we went to England to do Boy George and we oh, did yeah. uh Richard Branson's Private Island. Oh yeah, that must have been cool. It was great. Oh, it was amazing. And he's a super cool guy. I've heard, so, yeah. Um oh. yeah, so we did tons of that stuff and um you know we we actually kind of started the show um i I think i i started on the second episode or the second it wasn't an episode because they did two or three second apartment or second house or whatever (coughs) right right right. so well the reason i ask is because howie's one of my oldest friends oh really (laughs) we've been friends for over over 30 years now i think or around 30 years so I was just curious if I you had did no it. idea because no. I know that I know that mm-hmm. I mean I've been over over there quite a few times, but um, it was a, it was a it was a, it was like a really high end condo, wasn't it? Yeah, it's like yeah. a penthouse I've seen condo. It. I've seen it, but I didn't shoot it. So. Yeah, 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 with the yeah. fish tank in the wall, mm-hmm. and yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and oh, he that's cool. Did, he developed that building. He and his brother. They, he has like a he does a lot of real estate stuff. So oh, that's, that's really kind of cool. how that all came about, I think. But anyway, who cares? <laughs> I was just curious if you did it. No, unfortunately. <clears throat> And, and unfortunately, I didn't do the uh, the Red Man one with the box of cash. Um, what was that one? That was, that's like the only one I did. Um, people people always ask about. Uh, it was in, it was in New York. So the New Yorker did it. Um, Red Man, I guess, had just the the place was you know kind of kind of rough. And there's at one point he like pulls down a shoe box off the off the refrigerator, and it's just a box full of cash. And, and so it was he just like it was a funny some cash one. out of it and puts it yeah, back. Yeah, something like that. That's so. funny. But huh, well, yeah. So wait, who was the New York uh, operator? Do you know? In all honesty, I think it one. And there were there were a couple that floated in and out. I think um, for Steadicam, I think it might have been Dave Isern. Am I maybe mispronouncing his name? We met on one job and oh, okay. that we that we doubled up on. Um, I think that was Graceland when we did Graceland. Mm. Um, oh, the Graceland. Yeah. You... So I apo- apologies to uh, Dave if I've got it wrong. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, I was just curious if you, it's all right. Um, yeah. So, uh, so you mentioned what did I say we would come back to? <laughs> oh, oh by or, the way, was it I Orlando. Didn't, <laughs> I didn't know you did bring it on. Yeah. I, I was. Yeah. I, I looked through your credits and stuff. I just. I guess I missed it somehow. That's cool. That was a yeah. big hit. That was. A, that was a very big hit. It was. It's funny because it was one of those films. Um, and I, I heard you guys talking about it in one of the other uh, podcasts that, that when you're doing the job, you never know exactly how, you know, if is it going to be a really great film? And you, you might think it is or you might not. Bring It On was entitled Cheer Fever was the working title. Oh, boy. And so, you know, and, and a lot of it, you know, when you see it, when it's all edited together, the, the kind of tongue-in-cheek and aspect all works. And, um, but... At the time, we're kind of, 
I don't know, maybe. Right. It's it's kind of fun. It's this is kind of funny, but and I was just I only did steady cam on that, so I was in and out. Oh, okay. Uh, throughout the show, so I was you know it did did a day or two and then was gone for a week and then back for a day or two and right. So what was the budget on that? Do you know? I think it was ten mil. Okay. Yeah. I mean that's almost twenty years ago too. So. Yeah. Not Which a was terrible budget. Was, they 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 um. They did a lot. They used a lot of the. Stu Siegel crew, the Silk Stockings, and um, so that San ended Diego up. Me, yeah, that ended up being an entree to a little bit of that for uh, for me. I did, uh, I did uh, right at the very end of Silk Stockings. I ended up coming in and doing a little bit on that. Oh, really? Just a just a tiny little bit, and then uh, did uh, eighteen wheels of justice. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> 18 wheels of justice. Was that in San Diego? Or? That was in San Diego, yeah. They'd, uh, what the hell's that about? <laughs> is it a cop in a semi truck? <laughs> I don't. No, you know, yeah, kind of a little bit of a vigilante, you know. Uh, oh. You know, uh, it was. Starred. Wait, 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 wait. Oh, sorry. That, it sounds like a reality show. It does, doesn't and it? And it wasn't, right? No. Okay, so I was totally automatically scripted. assuming it was a reality show because they have so many, like, trucker shows or whatever. No, totally, totally scripted. Gotcha, okay. Um, shot, shot. It actually makes Panavision more sense. Panavision lanes. You know, oh, really? 16 millimeter Panavision. Yeah. I flew one of those way back yeah. in the day, and that was a pretty nice camera. It's okay, yeah. It's, it's, I mean, for 16, it's, it's huge. It's a, it's a beast, yeah, for 16. But uh, yeah, it worked fine. Yeah. So. Super, or, or did those do Super 16? I, I couldn't even remember. I mean, it was it was it was being broadcast in NTSC, so I don't know that it really mattered. We they were, may not have bothered. It was just a TV save. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's so, so funny. Um, but and all that brought you to uh, Scrubs. And uh, yeah, or was what was in between? Was there was, something? There was there semi- was lots of there seminal? was a lot of cribs. There was a lot of I did. Um, I used to DP and do Steadicam on uh, uh, World's Wildest Police videos. We do all the host wraps. <laughs> Uh, so that was. Uh, so you shot and did Steadicam. Yeah, that was uh, always a lot of work. I tried that once. It's and hard. I said never again. It's hard because uh, my Steadicam suffered. Mm. And, well, because and still to this day, I'm I'm not. Um, I know a lot more than I used to. But you know, 15 years ago when I do. shot this little short film, I didn't know shit about lighting. You know, I, I, and and I was still learning about Steadicam. You know, as I still am, but you know what I mean. I was, I was still a little rockier than than oh, today. Sure. So I'm trying to do two things that I'm not really an expert at either. <laughs> but when you're young, that's what you got to do. You dive in and you do what what you can. Well, it was a good lesson for me. Yeah. Don't do that anymore. Okay. Well, you learned something. But things change. I mean, now I'm so much more comfortable with Steadicam. Um, I'm so much more comfortable allowing assistants to to build it and do everything. Right. You know what I mean? And then oh, sure. just just fly it. Right. Which back then I wasn't. I wanted to do it all. You wanted to do like, everything. I was yeah. so scared that something would get broken. And you well, know. That, there was that, there was that element back in the day when you could do one thing wrong and it could cost you a lot of money and a lot of time and you're down. Um, you know, my first rig was a Model One, and I when I got it, um, bought it used from. Uh, uh, Tim Bellin's brother and um, I it arrived it shipped to shipped to me in Orlando and I opened up the big blue hard case that it was in the sled and I put a battery on and I was so psyched and in on the old um, all the way through the model threes and three A's you had to do 
Um, you had to put it into standby mode before you turned it on to let the electronics slowly warm up. But this was a one, no? This was a Model One. Right, 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 right. But it, but the the same system was in place through Up all of those. Three A, okay, through got the Three A, mm -hmm. and so I put it to standby, you know, because I'd been I'd done my workshops and I knew I knew better, and I'd I'd gotten to work with uh, the instructors' Model Ones and stuff that they had a, they had a whole bunch of different rigs at the at my workshop, and I put it to standby and I waited its twenty seconds and I made sure it was twenty seconds and I waited twenty seconds never seemed so damn long. Mm -hmm. I'm like, all right, I'm going to flip the switch. Mm -hmm. And I flip the switch, and it smoked out. Get out of here. And I'm like, oh, what have I done? Oh, no. <laughs> crushed. So what, you didn't wait long Soul enough? Crushed. No, I waited plenty long. So it there just, was just something. There was just something wrong. Yeah. Oh, man. So I had, you know, I immediately call him, and then it's like, okay, well, you got to talk to the, you know, send it to this, there's a, there's a, XCP engineer that that repairs them on the side, Steve Byro. You get to oh, him. No. Um, I actually he actually fixed it. Oh, great! Fairly quickly. Okay, got it back to me. I ended up uh, ended up buying, having him uh, make me a digital uh, frame line for it that he did. You know, that was like a plug in, and uh -huh. it ended up working pretty good. And, oh, good. Okay. Know, took took a little while to get you know to get him to deliver it and whatever but uh, i finally got it so all my dealings with him were square but uh, it got done yeah uh, yeah his uh, his reputation went downhill uh, thereafter I've, I've had people suggest to me that i should interview steve byron <laughs> that might which, be an interesting one which well yeah i mean maybe, maybe hear his side of it i'd have to have two guys to hold him down while i ask them a questions <laughs> yeah that was uh yeah i mean i don't know the guy i yeah i just i, I don't think i i think i've I'm not even 100% sure my, you know, because this was a, all you know, 1993. I don't even remember if I've ever met him now. I don't think I have. I think it was all on the phone and, um, right. So, yeah. 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 Well, back in the day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Back in the day. All right. Um, <laughs> so that, so you got that. And then how long did you have that? Long time or? Um, I, you know, I, I started piecing it together. Um, I would every time I would do some kind of a job, excuse me, that would uh, that I'd make some money. I'd buy more parts. I'd improve right. on it. Um, so I, I actually used that vest after uh, you know doing a Peter Abraham rehab on it, and hmm. probably a couple of times with the you know he would do the plastic shells for it and oh, okay. kind of redo those. And uh, the arm I used for a very long time. Um, I had it. I, I actually had uh, taught a workshop for CP. I helped. Uh, Jerry Holloway was the lead instructor, and I was one of the instructors. I think it's when I met Charles Pappert for the first time. Oh. It was uh, Charles Pappert and me, Brant Fagan, I think, and Janice Arthur was there. Wow. Um, and Brant, Brant was actually in my original uh, workshop class. So um, I knew Brant from before. And uh, he's a, he's a ball of fire, most energetic, uh, oh, one really? of the most energetic guys on the planet. Yeah, so that he always we... makes snow in his house at, at his at his farm. He he'll create snow even though he's already in uh, I think it's New Hampshire. So create but, snow. Yeah, he'll he's got snow making equipment. <laughs> so because he, he, so he doesn't get cold, enough there, I guess. Snow. Yeah, that's no, pretty. He's a, he's a great guy. Most so. people are most people are shoveling it or right. Or, he'll create more. He's creating. <laughs> Yeah, that's funny. Uh, that's cool. Yeah, um, yeah. Back back in the day. Um, 
So wait, so I have to talk about a couple of the big shows, and Scrubs is a uh, big Steadicam show. Scrubs was, yeah, it was a huge show. and Obviously, Papert and I spoke about this a bunch, mm-hmm. but you came in after Charles, Charles left. Right? Charles started it, um, and season two, I started day playing it. Charles was doing, um, was doing a bit of second unit DPing, mm. and so I would come in. Um, I think I came in the first day when I think he got sick and I came in and, and covered and of course I got thrown right in the deep end. They were, uh, needed to do a super hard shot, you know, coming down the hallway and round the corners and whip pan over to here and whip pan back to here. Um, and, and it has to, you know, you have a precise, exact precise spot that had to line up to, cause you had like five people that were all in three dimension, three different levels that if you were off a little bit, you'd bury one or oh, many boy. of them. Yeah. And, um. We did it and worked out with it. And uh, the first AD, when I first, because I kind of landed in the middle of everything, and uh, the first AD there, who ended up becoming a great friend, uh, Richard Wells, was super helpful and uh, uh, got me up to speed. And we came in, we nailed it, and had a great day. And and oh, and I was I was working on cribs. I was flying for cribs that night when I got the call. They're like, "Can you come in? Uh, can you come in right now?" I'm like, "Well, I'm catching a flight at six. Uh, where Burbank or LAX? Burbank. We can have you out. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So, wow, that's crazy. And I really hit it off with. Uh, and imagine with the if DP. you if you had said, you know what, I just I can't risk it. This is another job that. You well, know, it was, I was already a fan of the show, so I really didn't want to miss right. it. I was like, I loved. You know, the show was it was in, um, it was in second season, the start of the second season, and um, I watched the show the whole first season, and I was like, oh, it's a great I, show. I loved the show. I was. Yeah. It, it made me laugh like crazy. So yeah. I was like. Uh, I don't want to miss this, and uh, my wife and I actually had a uh, had a had a big fight about it because uh, she was like, oh, you know, we because we had the twins, and they're quite a bit of work at that age. How um, old were they? Uh, they would have been like two and a half, mm. two mm-hmm. to two and a half. Yeah, so you know, still not potty. So training she's like, and, not only are you going out of town tonight, right? Now, now you're going to get you're up taking and, the whole day too. Yeah, yeah, but but then I'm like, fine, I'll just stay home. And she's like, no, you're not. You're going to go. I don't want you to miss out on this opportunity. And uh, so she just had to register her disappointment and then boot you out the door. Pretty much. I got she, it. She, she still, she knew it was the right thing to do and she insisted that I do it. Uh, but she just wanted to let you know. Yeah. She didn't like it. Yeah. That much. Yeah. <laughs> but it worked out for us in the end. That's cool. So it was uh, a good, uh, a good, nice long run with, uh, it's been, you know, probably a defining moment of my career. Well, it's funny because you mentioned, you know, you come in and you have to do this big complicated shot and... I think that's the best way to not ingratiate yourself, but to, but to inspire confidence in mm-hmm. you. Sure, is to just come in and do something really yeah. hard. Well, I had, you know, I mean, clearly, I had giant shoes to fill. Uh, yeah, Charles Papert's uh, was, you know, was was in, an incredible steady cam opera. Now he's an incredible DP, and I've had the the joy of working with him on uh, Key and Peel, which I'm sure you'll talk about later. Yeah. Um, well, you know what? Charles and I talked, and we never got to Key and Peel. Oh, great. Well, I'll I'll touch on it. But we I talked can't more touch about Steadicam. There was too much stuff. to talk about with him. Yeah. Oh, we, there's <laughs> a vast, vast array of stuff. But, but yeah, we'll get we'll do we can touch on my experiences with him and Key and Peel and how. Uh, well, go go ahead. That's that's cool. Yeah. Okay. I mean, how how'd you you did one season, right? I did two seasons. I did the last two seasons of Key and Peel. You did the last two. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, how many were they doing a year? Like ten or something. It's hard to know because you were doing it by sketches, and there were you know several sketches in an episode. Mm. Um, I think there were it was like ten or eleven a season. Okay. Yeah, probably eleven. So actually, I meant to mention this to Charles. I think I mentioned this to him off the podcast, but 
I was in Atlanta working on a vampire show. And I was going to lunch one day, or I was coming back from lunch one day, and I see all these people crowded around this monitor at the sound cart, and they're all laughing hysterically. It may have been a computer, actually. And so I kind of, you know, I'm like, what are you guys watching? And they're watching the Key and Peele skit about the vampire shows. <laughs> oh, that's funny. It was yeah. great. I think, I'm pretty sure I texted Papa right then and was like, hey, dude. <laughs> oh, that's classic. That's great. They've, they've permeated all of cult, all of uh, American culture. I was at the barber shop and they were they were calling out names and uh, oh my god and and the gets goes down and waiting for somebody nobody nobody he's like hey hey Ron and I was like <laughs> this is too good it's like wow <laughs> no it's it, there are those weird cultural moments it's like when you're I I uh, with crib shooting cribs that was obviously a big thing in in you know younger people's uh, viewing habits and then also with bringing on. I was like, holy shit. Oh, sorry. I guess I can cuss. Yeah, you can. Um, I was like, holy shit. I made it. Saturday Night Live, one episode, they did a send up of Cribs and Bring It On in the same episode. I'm like, wow, this is amazing. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> were they funny? Yeah. Yeah. They were, you know, funny enough. Sure. So, okay. Uh, all right. Well, you know what? I forgot to ask you too about Cribs. Like, you mentioned that you're in the rig all day. Now, to correct me where I'm wrong, because I think Josh told me about this a long time ago. You're basically not pulling focus, but you're doing. I mean, you're basically the DP too, or no? Um, no, I was. Uh, was Dar- there a Daryl Smith was the oh, DP. Oh, there was. Okay, mm-hmm. all right. He was I thought DP it was very was... slim down. Like it, it is. It was two cameras though. Always, if you if you watch it, you'll oh, see. Okay. I do like most of the carries, and the and the uh, performer would always talk to my camera. We would always do that with them, and then inserts and things. Uh, there was uh, he would be Daryl Smith would be doing. Um, the other camera got it and he'd pick off that stuff we'd always break it into two things we do the shoot with the talent whoever it was where we'd actually go through and do the whole tour of the house sure um, you know there would be there would obviously be breaking points where they would oh I should oh, and, and they'll stop. make a call or whatever yeah whatever whatever <laughs> right, interruption right, right. sure but we then we had tons of b-roll and then we would go in usually after we did the tour then we would have every room and I would do you know flying shots from this over to this to this into this tight shots wide shots moving shots round shot i mean anything i could think of and i would just shoot 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 sounds kind of torturous it was it was exhausting but it was fun because it was kind of my own you know it's like i could make the show look how i wanted it to look mm. you know i mean we we kind of set early on we'd set the, the you know it was it was uh, it was the '90s. We were doing the, the Dutch. And... We did the bank turns. That was kind of the, you know, I kind of modified it from just strictly Dutch to banking turns, and then trying to bring it in. And then, as because the show went on for 11 years, um, so I was on off and on throughout that. As I was doing Scrubs, then I had to stop doing a lot of them. But mm-hmm. um, and then we, you know, the horizons leveled out towards the later years, which was nice. Um, so. Well, it just—I'm sure it just looked dated and probably. Yeah, I mean, that was the thing at that time, though. It was like it was so. I'd thing. done so many shows that that was the look. I did Walt Disney World Inside Out um, when I was first in Orlando. Um, that was actually like probably my first. Actually, that technically was my first series mm. um, that I did, continuing ongoing shows. Was um, that like a? Was that like a? Uh, it was a Disney Channel kind of a behind the scenes show. Oh, okay. Um, and huh. 
a lot of fun. Um, had a great time doing it. It was my, I got that, I got the gig off my demo reel that I'd done with a few friends and, um, you know, rented a camera and ran around one morning and shot a bunch of different things. Okay, here's what a, you know, a walk and talk carry would look like. Here's a long lens through bushes and, you know, somebody over there. Here's a, you know, I just kind of created a little storyline with, uh, right. with a couple and, uh, huh. that, 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 you know what i what i look at now incredibly cheesy demo reel got me the job yeah um yeah we've heard a couple of stories about funny demo reels <laughs> i don't <laughs> well, uh i won't i won't elaborate anymore i can't remember what we recorded and what we didn't but um <laughs> <laughs> uh what else did you do um oh so uh well i do remember a shot from campiel um that I think I texted Charles and said, who did that shot? And it probably would have been season five and it was you. It was an exterior shot. I can't remember the exact shot, but I remember just being super impressed by it. Then I did it. <laughs> <laughs> I think no, it's in and no, out from but, inside to outside to, and then... Um, that, I'm not sure if that's... That, it, it's not ringing a bell off the top of my head. It's not, okay. We did, we, did a, we did like a three minute uh, thing in a parking garage about getting lost in the parking garage that we you know essentially only you know we traveled i don't know maybe a hundred yards but we you know went around them and came around and you know just made it confusing and right right um, right and it was uh that i kind of was ha very happy with but um nick franco also did uh the first uh first batch of years and did some amazing work so yeah nick's really good yeah but I, handsome cheese i'm 90 percent uh, you know <laughs> Probably better looking than me, but you know, I'm, <laughs> who isn't? I, you know, I, I have no favorites. <laughs> um, yeah, well, whether it was him or you, it was it was it was good. I'm I'm ninety percent sure I I texted Charles and asked who it was, and he said it was you. Oh, cool. But um, so I may just be remembering I, I the wrong easily, shot, and but. I could easily be um, forgetting so many things. I, I, there used to be a point in my career where I was like, I could t flip through TV and anything would come up, and I'd be like. Ah. I could in one frame I could literally recognize something that I shot, and now I'm like, well, I don't know. Right, right. It's it's all a blur now. There's been so much. Well, you get older, and you the, true. You have so much more work under your belt, and I can't remember a lot of stuff either. I was, I was just like cleaning out a hard drive yesterday or something, and I was going through all these call sheets. Oh yeah. And I'm like, you know, you just kind of go down the rabbit hole, and I'm like, what the hell was that? What was? what the hell was that you know and you're just looking and it's like oh that was some commercial like 15 years ago oh yeah I'm like oh i don't even yeah. oh. you look at the thing and you're like i kind of remember oh but. that's that's funny because that reminds me of we were just speaking about charles pappert and charles just put up on facebook the other day his little uh world cup you know he had some footage from him mm. that they'd spotted him in world cup footage and i did world cup also in uh, i did the detroit venue um, I oh, did really? The, I did the Pontiac Silverdome. In 94. In 94. And then I ended up doing the Olympic soccer in 96. Oh, okay. Um, which uh, which was also fun. Um, hot as hell. but. Well, what, I mean, was it fun? Because, I mean, it just seems like those guys are in the rig for 45 minutes straight. Is that the oh, case? Oh, it was hard work. But it was, you know, it was uh, it was one of those things. When I did when I did World Cup, it was you know I was you know it's also early in my career you know mm -hmm. I'd been doing Steadicam for a couple of years and right <coughs> excuse me ah goes in tight it was uh, it was uh, really cool to be you know doing the world stage you know on the world stage and sure you know anytime you get a tally light you realize that a billion people are watching 
Right. It's like, that's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, and you're, you know, and you're running right along, you know, you're five feet from, you know, the world's best soccer players. Right. And I grew up playing soccer, so I enjoyed it quite a bit. All right. Um, and, uh, but seeing Charles, uh, show his footage, I was like, I was impressed that he could actually put his hands on footage like that, that he still knew where that stuff was. It's like stuff from my early career. I have no idea where it is. Yeah, so I think he's very to, organized, I think. Yeah, I think so. I think you have to get it right then. You yeah. know, you have to really be on it. There's so much stuff I wouldn't even know who to call. Yeah. I you know, I don't have stuff from last week. Um me either. I mean, a few years ago like you can see some of my DVD. I don't have many DVDs, but like a bunch of those are stuff I did, a couple mm-hmm, are just sure. But I that like the most recent ones from like four years ago probably. So, so I just haven't bought. Are they still making DVDs, Brad? I assume so. <laughs> well, that was part of that. No, it wasn't. Some well, some of it was when I was doing a reel, but that was ten years ago. Yeah. <laughs> so some of it, once one or two movies I've bought, I guess just to have. I don't. Yeah, know. I've I've, <clears throat> I've got a few of those things too. It's just. Some of the more obscure things, for sure. It's like, ah. Uh, oh, I wouldn't yeah. even know how. And, like, commercials and stuff. Oh, I yeah. mean, even at the time, they're so hard to get. Yeah. So they don't want to give them to you while they're, they're on right. the air. And by the time they're on the air, Nobody they've moved on. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. The production company's out of the The job has ended right. for them. And so it's like, uh. But um, you really got to be, like, friends with somebody to, you know, you have to, like, know the producer really well. But, um, okay, a, a weird credit I saw for you. Okay. <laughs> the Bold and the Beautiful. <laughs> um, they uh, – Looks they, like you did a handful of they ca- They called. Um, okay. They do uh, steady cam remotes. It, it was uh, – it, it beautifully lined up when I was uh, unemployed because a show that I thought uh, – that I left Cougar Town for that I thought was going to be amazing – um, with Chris Maloney and Rachel Harris uh, called Surviving Jack. It was on Fox. Um, and it was also with my uh, executive producer, Bill Lawrence, who I did Scrubs and Cougar Town with, mm-hmm. who I adore. Um, um, thought that show was going to do well, do great. Uh, I think there was some political things going on there because our ratings were on the climb when they canned us, which didn't make much sense. But So we only got eight episodes, and mm. suddenly I was unemployed. So it was like, oh, you know, and for when you've been in the TV half-hour comedy loop for a long time, and you're now mid-season, suddenly it's like, oh, everybody else has already got their camera crews. So right. it was like, um, you know, I was just I was day playing and filling in, and the bold and the beautiful called, and I was like, sure, okay, I'll be bold. Yeah, I'll, I'll go out and <laughs> I'll, I'll be both bold and beautiful. Uh, so yeah that was so it's it's kind of a it's kind of a one-off but uh yeah yeah, i did i mean i did probably half a dozen days for him well Um, i remember i remember seeing i can't remember what it was it might have been cbs sunday morning or something did a piece on on soap operas okay and they talked about how they they were so on the decline but the internet was keeping them alive but they were shooting them all with like I don't know, five D's or whatever. It seemed like, like dinky. This has been a while yeah. too, but, um, this was like a full on, this was like a regular show, reg- real camera. Yeah. We, 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 I was doing the remotes. They would go out. Um, uh, what are the remotes? I don't know. The, what um, when they would go out and do a, a location shoot, um, for them, they shoot, uh, those shows shoot at, uh, CBS television city in, in, um, around the corner from here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and there's pan Pacific park. They would go shoot over there all the time. 
so they go over there and we do you know little walk and talk conversations with you know so they could get their characters outside and just to break up yeah and it was really easy for them to go just you know literally go across the street to the park got it but they you know couldn't do uh, dollies and stuff. It was like so. Bring in a steady cam. You so can they get would just lots of movement, the... and we'd shoot a bunch of stuff that would get layered in for ten or fifteen different episodes. That's what I was gonna say. So yeah. they probably shot a whole bunch of yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Oh, so it was good. Yeah, they're was... probably super pro. I've heard they're they're the like they're one of their lead camera operators came out with us, and they're like they're like super efficient. I mean, you know, they've been there for he'd been there for like thirty years or something. No and, way. Yeah, and he was very good and. Um, they were super nice. I got along great with them, and you know, cool. Was, but the actors are super pro. Oh yeah, they were. Oh yeah, because they have to memorize so much. They, yeah, they don't drop lines. Right. Yeah, I was I was really impressed with that, and uh, you know, so that was all good. That makes you uh, know that you got to be on point too. Oh right? yeah, absolutely. I mean, you realize shit. I gotta, <laughs> I gotta hit on the first one because they're gonna. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, that's absolutely. cool. And you did okay. Another another weird. One oh, was you did some playboy, playboy oh. stuff. <laughs> I was young. I needed the work. I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not judging you. I'm just curious. I, like, you know. Okay, my looks have faded a little bit, but I was. I was playboy material back in the day. Oh, okay. No. <laughs> no. 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 I'm not talking about. Oh, playgirl. oh, oh shooting the, the actually being the camera operator for it. Yeah, that was uh, like some TV shows or something. They or? were, you know. Yeah, some Playboy Channel stuff and. Uh, okay. You know, literally, I was young and I needed the work and. When I was young, that was a lot of fun. Except the hours were ridiculous. Were they? Yeah, we shot. Um, one of my favorite little crazy stories about that was, on one of them, we literally shot like twenty-two hours, you know, from uh. till we wrapped, and it was just ah. Oh. But uh, actually, I kind of sidelined the the actual funny story was that uh, you know you're shooting naked, beautiful naked women all day long, and we found it very interesting that um like day three or something we we there was a new uh new girl in the art department that came out and she was very attractive and um wearing like a little sundress or whatever naked girls are walking back and forth and everybody was kind of staring at the girl in the dress department girl yeah because you know there was a little more curious there was curiosity there was you know a little to the imagination yeah so it was kind of it was kind of amusing that's funny yeah 22 hours though oh yeah that was ridiculous so (sighs) they weren't they weren't all that but uh, there were a couple of them that went really really long yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. what's your longest week ever on any show i'm really fortunate mostly i haven't had really long weeks i've had you know a few really bad days days, but um yeah, I can't even. I don't even have a good good answer mm. for that because I'm, I'm not one that like pays attention to the hours of the week as much as I look at, you know, how how bad our days were. So yeah, and luckily, like I said, in in TV comedy world, it's tens to twelves. So, yeah, so. I only know because I've done a couple of super brutal weeks, and when on Monday, you're like, oh, that was a twenty hour day, mm-hmm. and you're on a show, and it's Monday. Like I did a pilot and we did a six day week our last week for, they gave the actor a haircut. So we had to reshoot all a day one basically on, <laughs> oh. on, the, on day 18 or whatever. Don't you love that? It was <laughs> giant, like four page Steadicam shot too, oh. to open the show. <clears throat> but anyway, um, that, that week ended and my assistant 
Or no, 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 no. I looked at my time card later and I said, oh my God, it was 103 hours. Oh my God. It's a six day week. So, but it was like 19 hours a day or something oh. average. It was brutal. Uh, anyway, terrible. anyway, yeah. I think I've talked about this I before, so I should shut up about it. But no, that's okay. I think, uh, I mean, the I thing think, is, I think like the more people know that it's shouldn't be that way or shouldn't have to be that way is a good thing for anybody that's getting started in the business. That's my second. To know that that's not right. It's not right. That's my second longest week. Wow. That's your second. <laughs> the other one was 106. Also wow. six day week. But, um, but anyway, uh, and driving, I, don't, I don't like six driving, day weeks either. Dri- and me either. Driving home from Newhall mm-hmm. as the sun was coming up Ooh. at the end of that week, which is br- just brutal. But anyway, um, <laughs> I digress. That's okay. <laughs> I'm just curious. I it just it just you know it just occurred to me because I've done some of those super long one offs. Yeah. Especially music videos back in the day. Yeah. Um, but I was also a lot younger. Yes. <laughs> and now weren't I'm we all back in the day now i'm smarter although the thing is like you're saying i can't do that like well what else are you gonna do you go out to do a pilot i'm right. in new mexico right what am i gonna do yeah i mean i can bitch well, about I'm saying, it i'm saying it shouldn't be that way it doesn't mean it is you necessarily gonna have the control over it but hopefully you're hopefully the people that are in charge are you know the more they realize that it's not you know i i, I guess i should say I think I think studios have realized that it shouldn't have to be the way. I think Universal's now got a 14-hour max policy. If Universal TV, if you're doing, you know, literally if you get to 14 hours, somebody shows up and it's like you drop your equipment. Well, I did a TV show like that. If the if we were rolling past 14 hours from call. Yeah. Well, really 15 because our right, hour lunch. lunch um, the line producer would get fired. Oh, wow. That was the line. So we've yeah. wrapped while rolling before. Wow. Or on that show, we wrapped while rolling like doing our last yeah but anyway um but still they they still have a two-hour pre-call for the g&e guys and right i know and that that none of that counts into this 14-hour thing right so some of these people do 18-hour days which oh it's it's so true i mean and we're the ones that have the most protection but simultaneously we actually help protect them a little so it's like never wave your never wave your turnaround it's like we have an 11-hour turnaround if they're going to force you, then make them force you. It's on them. Mm-hmm. Um, don't ever say, oh, it's okay. I'll be in, you know, because the rest of your crew is counting on you not doing that, which then can draw them in even earlier. So, oh, yeah, I had a show that forced me a couple of times and they asked me to waive it. Yeah. And I said, absolutely not. Yeah. And by the way, it's a nine around. You're not allowed to. Nine out. Well, that's yeah. true. Yeah. It's, I mean, we have a, we have a contract right. so, that, so that you won't ask me this. Right. Exactly. We've agreed <laughs> to. Right, right, right. But in the real world, right. they it, still it, ask this stuff sure. and they try to get tricky and save a couple of dimes or yeah. whatever. And um, I had a nine hour turnaround and uh, out, of, out of town show, they try to talk me into it. I said, no, I'm, I'm sorry. No, you know, <clears throat> and they, they, they let it be. But they just said, fine, then take your turnaround. And they made the call the same. Yeah. And then I just got to miss everything. Right. Right. I missed so all missed of the rehearsal, which was, and, yeah. which was all steady. Cam. Right. So, yeah. you know, um, I, 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 in general, yeah, I think a, you're right. It's, a, it's nothing but an awkward position all yeah, the way around. Yeah. It's so, just, you know. It just stinks. And it, it, it's unsafe. That's right. the most important thing. Absolutely. Not only because we drive after working all mm. these hours and, and they build on, whoops, they build on each other. Sure. Um, one day is one thing, five in a row and months in a row. That's a whole different story. But 
but it's unsafe for driving home, then for your life expectancy, yeah. it's, it's, it's bad too. Absolutely. And then on top of that, it sucks for everybody, mm-hmm. especially if you have kids. I don't have kids, I'm, you know, but you want to get home and hang out. Yeah, absolutely. You got kids in the house. You got kids about to go to college. You don't want to be 18 hours at work and wherever and, you know, leave before they get up and get home after they're asleep. Yeah, so. and I've done plenty of that even on reasonable hour shows when they sure. were young because... You oh know, well, young they kids sleep go longer. to sleep. Yeah, sure. so yeah, and go to sleep earlier, right? Right? right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm sure that's got to be tough with when you first had them trying to trying to sleep, and I mean, because kids they wake up in the middle of the night, they cry. You and, know, that was the, that was the only good thing about uh, like Scrubs is um, our hours were very reasonable generally. I mean, we didn't do a lot of frater days. We you know, and, and for us, a frater day would be like one or two, not right the sun coming up right so um so even those you know it wasn't that terrible if i you know got you know saturday morning you know if i was up at eight thirty or 9 that was okay you know yeah yeah, so, yeah. that's not terrible yeah that was i'd get still get you know six or seven hours and so, yeah yeah uh, um and that probably would have been you probably had some nights or something or some yeah, I mean, occasionally we had nights, but I know it wasn't a heavy do, night yeah, show. Yeah, it was I'm not. Ju- I'm just saying, like, if you had a one wrap, one a.m. wrap, right. it was probably because you had like a couple of big night scenes, to do right? Or something, We'd be, right? you know, out out on the on the, out roof. On the roof, right? Yeah. yeah. See, I didn't watch the show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Love that show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> out, out shooting the Epiphany toilet um, <laughs> was one episode with Michael J. Fox. Oh, that's right. I remember that. Mm-hmm. I do remember that. I've I've watched a lot of that show. Um, so uh most recently and I were I think you brought me in once uh to do a little second unit stuff Cougar Town. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I um, remember. Which was actually I covered you on the beach day. Remember they added a day and you so they scheduled let's say they scheduled the first mm-hmm. and and then they had a beach day at some point that was supposed to be on Santa Monica Beach or something or okay. somewhere, but they needed an ATV to hard oh, mountain. Okay. And the beach changed the rules, so they had to go to Ventura. Oh, okay. I remember that. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. And I was gone and you you covered it. Uh... I, you were leaving town the next day or something. Yeah, you just we... couldn't do it. Yeah. Oh, good. So I went in, I went in and did it. Uh, I remember you covering on the... Um, we sent you out with the Russian arm, didn't we? And did uh, plate shots driving. No Russian arm. No Russian arm. I did do plate shots. Okay, because I did some plate shots with a Russian arm, but uh, um, which which now we look at as like unbelievably overkill. Um, <laughs> but uh, it seems a little overkill. It was a little. It was probably a little. These overkill. Russian guys are like, or the Russian arm guys are like, this is the easiest gig we've had. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Now we're gonna go forward. Now off to the left. Off to the right. Is that just how? Is that all you did? I mean, we just did. We, we did. We'd done. We tied in a bunch of second unit stuff where we did some crazier fun stuff, but we took advantage of it since we had it, and then just did. Uh, sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But and then you just did the plates with it as yeah. well, kind of thing. Oh, yeah. I since see. It gave so us, it wasn't just since it gave us a stabilized head, and it's like, all right. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Right, right. And then you can use them if you shoot a bunch. You can use them for anything. Right. And that's exactly what we did. Good point. Yeah. Well, I know there had been a mistake with the plates. They yes. walked me into the editor's office and they're like, okay, we want you to talk to him. And I was like, okay. And he's like, so here's what happened. And he had all three of them and it, and it, and it looked like they were going sideways in one right. of the windows. And I'm like, oh, bummer. <laughs> and having never shot plate shots before, 
I was like, uh, <laughs> is this an easy mistake to make? Like, and so he and I just talked about it and I was like, okay. And then there were people with us and yeah, it's like, I don't know if, as long as everybody's paying attention, they know what the issue was before. Right. So I think it was fine. I, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, we only worked for a couple of hours. Yeah, no, it was fine. I think I can. I know, I know it was fine. Oh, good. Okay. <laughs> no, you're, th- you're okay, Brad. Yeah. Who was it? Andy. Yeah. Who's such a nice guy. Mm-hmm. I'm still working with him. Are you? Yeah. What are you working on? Uh, we're doing American Housewife. We uh, start season three, uh, July 30th. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Oh, oh, cool. So soon. Yeah. Soon. That's good. I'm glad. Um, I'm glad you guys stuck together. You're you're a nice. Well, yeah. you're both nice guys. At least that's what I tell you to your face. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but um, you shot, and I believe. Okay, wait. Number one, you directed an episode of Scrubs. I did shot a bunch of second unit. Did you not, or did you? I shot. Uh, I shot a couple or shot of, episodes. I shot a couple of episodes in it um, that I DP'd, and um, I DP'd a couple episodes of Angie Tribeca as well. Yeah, right. So, what about Cougar Town? No, a few. Nope, never did. Never did a Cougar Town. Why not? Um, it just never scheduled out that it that we needed it. Gotcha. So, yeah, it was uh, the ones that I did. Uh, trying to remember um well john inwood our dp for most of scrubs and then andy uh rawson did the rest of scrub the mm. end of scrubs um john inwood bumped up to direct and so i uh dp'd some of those perfect um right. and andy dp'd some of those also um and then in cougar town we never had uh andy wasn't bumping up uh so there was never a reason for me to dp an episode there but you know on angie tribeca Tom McGill, our DP, bumped up, and so I uh, got to uh, DP those. Oh, cool. Yeah. That's a funny show. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. I love that show. I did, I was, up until uh, this last season where I had to I had to walk away from it, uh, which was, uh, uh, which was tough to do. I'd done, I'd done the pilot through season three. I'd done everything since. Oh, wow. So it was like, oh, I hated to walk away. Well, it was scheduling stuff, right? Yeah. I was, uh, show? We, had, we had 22 episodes on American Housewife. And with two kids starting college, I was like, I got to do the 22 episodes instead of just the 10. I don't think anybody can blame you for yeah. that. I mean, I'm sure they can, but <laughs> I certainly I still don't. I still got to come out and day play because Josh took over uh, yeah, as a yeah. camera steady cam and did a tremendous job, as, as always. Um, he's an amazing operator. Um and he's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. I said amazing. You said okay. I'm gonna remember that, Josh. Um. <laughs> so um. Well, but it clearly, was it was tough. It was tough walking away from wait, it. Clearly, like, he I latched, loved the show. Clearly, he latched onto the right friend though. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's you. You guys work together all the time, and he and I never work together. <laughs> there you go. That's crazy. <laughs> Uh, how is that beer, by the way? Is the it all right? good. Yeah. I, okay, good. Yeah. Uh, I'm almost done with it. Yeah. Well, so speaking of wait. that, let's get another. Okay. You good with that? Okay. <laughs> Do you ever have Hollywood Blonde? I have not, I don't think. That was good. I think they have it. They might have it on tap at Barney's Beanery still. They oh, used okay. To many years ago. I love Barney's. Who doesn't? It's, it's, the, oh, it's the way your clothes smell the next day. I used to live on that street on oh, Holloway. Yeah. So it was my spot, obviously. You yeah. know, it was when I first moved to town, I didn't know anybody. I would go down there and shoot pool. Yeah. And I would have as many Guinnesses as I could fit into my body and my bill this is a long time ago. Yeah. My bill would be twenty dollars. Nice. 
every time. You gotta love that. They were just great, and then they they got like this more corporate ownership and stuff, and yeah, those people started getting fired, which I understand. They they are running a business. There is <laughs> they're that. not running a charity organization. <laughs> it's show business, not show friends. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Speaking of friends, uh, Matt LeBlanc. Ah. Uh, yes. I wanted to ask you about episodes. Okay. Um, episodes was, uh, it, it always confuses people whenever we say, oh, and I shot episodes. Episodes of what? No, the <laughs> Showtime television show entitled Episodes, uh, Matt LeBlanc's show. Um, it's an interesting show because they shot it, um, it's shot in England, but it takes place in Hollywood. So what they do is they do all the interior, and it, and it takes place um, about the making of a uh, uh, the making of a television show. Matt LeBlanc plays like a TV star. Matt LeBlanc plays right. himself. Matt oh, LeBlanc is himself. You know, I've playing, never seen that. He's playing a a like kind of amped up character, a, a, a very amped amped, up version of himself, very amped up version of himself. Right. Um, and the show's a lot of fun. Um, it's it's basically the the Hollywoodizing of a of a British show the the show starts with the two British writers that had a successful show in England and Hollywood wants to do their version of it like think like The Office or something and the the star of it was like a you know a 65 year old chubby school professor or school uh, school teacher (laughs) right and they're like and and they're gonna they're thinking they're gonna bring this actor over to do to reprise his role and when they get to Hollywood what they're like is and we've got the perfect actor for it <laughs> Matt LeBlanc and these two English writers are very uh, nonplussed about that whole uh, situation and <laughs> hijinks ensue um, for five seasons um, wow. but so they would shoot much of the show in England and they would come here and we would shoot all the exteriors for the show. And so we would every everything we did, we were never uh, except for one season. I think Matt decided he really wanted to be home more, and so they split half of their season there and half of it here. But mm. otherwise, we we kind of shot all of their exterior stuff in like two or three weeks for uh, for every season. And um, yeah, that's cool. I did it for did it for I think five seasons, and uh, it was four or five seasons. Um, a lot of fun. Matt's terrific. Um, you know, clearly, since I worked so long with Courtney Cox, I had relationship with friends of his, and um, um, he was he was a lot of fun to work with, and the, the whole show was was great fun. So he seems like a cool guy. I mean, I, I don't know him. I I watch Top Gear now, which yeah. I think he's awesome on. Yeah, and and, um, and you'll have a blast if you want to talk cars with him because he loves he's cars. a big car guy. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm not a big car guy, but I like the show, and you know, I. I can admire cars. I just don't know that much about them. But, but, um, um, but I came out one day again, kind of like right. the Cougar Town thing, and shot some not plates, but just some B-roll ish stuff. Palm trees and oh sure, yeah. Like I don't. We shot a deli and I don't know. Probably yeah. like the exterior of a restaurant they were supposed to be in, kind of thing. Or sure, sure. So you know, some just establishing shots and I, I think I remember that day because we were out doing. Uh, you were up in the canyon on that dirt. Right. Path. We did. We did like every year. We would always do a certain amount of shots with uh, with two of the ladies would be out would be out hiking the canyons, and they would have some of their meaningful conversations between themselves there, and so we would do a grip tricks uh, a grip tricks cart and I'd hang off the back with a steady cam and we would do these very steep sections of the canyon and uh 
it was always interesting. Which has got to look awesome because you know everything. Oh yeah, perspective so wise, is just yeah, it looks view. terrific. And we're, yeah. you know, you're trying. You know, at some point we get uh, in in one one of the places that we would do, you'd get to the point where uh, the city downtown was in the background, and it was like, oh, that's terrific. You know, you can't shoot that in England. You can't fake that. That's so, awesome. I yeah. mean, you can. You can, but it just costs a lot. It costs more money. <laughs> it's like adding a dragon in. Um, <laughs> so, but uh, but we would literally, it was kind of like, um, it was one of the consistent things we would do every year when they would come back and we'd have to do that. And um, like after the first year, we actually, we had, they were concerned with the noise level of having the vehicle and, um, but we ended up getting past all that and it ended up working out terrific and uh, hmm. we did it every time and which was so much better than trying to trudge up the hills multiple well, takes well, that's the thing i thought i remembered maybe it was on the way or something but i thought i remembered because i met you and like the second unit director producer whoever was going out in the van with me i'm so i saw you mm-hmm. and i remember i thought you even said i must have been wrong i thought i remembered that they had forgotten the grip tricks grip tricks or didn't get it or no, no, we had it every time. Cause, okay. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm too damn old to, uh, to do those hills. <laughs> You're talking about steep hills backwards with yeah. the rig on. And, yeah, yeah. And, and they were, and, and they were, and, look like they're hiking. And generally, too. they were either hiking or jogging. Oh god. So it's like, no, forget it. Right, right, so, right. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. Even if they're just hiking, you want them. It doesn't. You you probably don't want it to look like they're strolling. No. You got no. Them, you, you, you want know. them to be moving out, sure. which is pretty difficult. I mean, we we kind of explored some options. We. We explored even potentially like off-road segways and things like that, but it just as it turns out, it just doing doing the grip tricks was just definitely the way to do it. It is um, the way I think. But a yeah. rickshaw would have worked. A rickshaw would have worked, but it still would have been, you know, you would have been beating the hell out of your grips. And mm-hmm. I like the grips on all my shows, Same so here. I don't want to yeah. make enemies of them by going, hey. Pull me, pull me up. You know, if right. it's if it's level and great, but going uphill, there's a, there's devices that can do that better. It's just they need to be willing to spend a little money, and you know, it ends up making it go faster anyway because then right. nobody needs, you know, the the grips don't need a break. I don't need a break. We can roll right into the next take as soon as you know. We can go twice as fast back down to number one and start over again. They either they either get more footage for the day mm-hmm. or they or they get uh, 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 an earlier wrap yeah which is you know either way pays either itself. way is money it's, right you know I get it it is it is a money right so in in, in other words it, it's gonna save you money yeah it's it's gonna save something it's gonna Absolutely. save pain on the grips it's gonna save pain on you yeah and uh, I mean because it would have been if if it was a rickshaw we would have rolled through you know a half dozen grips because that you just couldn't do it over and over and over again well do you need three or four guys pulling it yeah you would you would need at least three guys pulling it i would think right and the so. key grip's going to be pissed because he's going to he's going to be building a 20 by or something and he has no guys for it or whatever right. and right yeah so it was it was definitely definitely the way to do it so. yeah, yeah yeah and then that's uh you know it was a good excuse i get uh was that get, a hard oh, sorry go on i was gonna say just get uh art ortiz out and uh and the grip tricks or uh uh, any of the guys, they always do such a good job. So yeah, yeah steady cam operator's best friend. Oh, <laughs> I've used them quite a few times, and um, I can't. Or remember. Aaron with the uh, I can't remember names. I feel bad. The Patriot or the yeah, you know, there's I think so it's many. It's always good been grip tricks for me. What's I, the Patriot? Yeah, is, is it the Patriot or is it the, the? It used to be the XO at one point. Um, Aaron Aaron used to be one of the drivers for uh, for grip tricks and then did on his own. But oh, okay. um, they're both they're both terrific. Uh, cool. But I I tended uh, work with Art. 
So, yeah, that's cool. Well, how do you how did you approach, or in general, even how do you approach that? Did they come to you first and say, "Hey, we have this shot up a hill. How do we do it?" Yeah. Okay. Gen- so they were. So they the, were. The, the other they had thing enough is, forethought to ask. Yes. The other thing is, um, it's you know, which is kind of a great jumping off point for. Um, in that case, they had the forethought to ask and discuss with the key grip. Um, and key grips and, and their best boys are your best friends if they're good. Oh, yeah. Um, and I've been lucky. I worked with a lot of good ones on, on episodes. It was Bobby Foster, who was actually my dolly grip on Scrubs. Oh, um, wow. And we've had a longstanding relationship. He's the key grip on the show I'm doing now. Um, and he's, you know, super knowledgeable and... Um, you know, understand steady cam and what we want to do and what we don't want to do, and um, so understands that's always... how not to throw you under the bus. Absolutely, that's a key. <laughs> um, you know, the other, uh, the other, uh, one of the other shows that I've been working with with uh, Tim Merrill and Ellis James, the key grip and best boy that they uh, they tend to always know uh, to get me a rickshaw when when mm-hmm. it would work out. Um, uh, things like that. It's like they and they take care of it. And it's it's. I didn't even necessarily get invited in the conversation. It was already a done deal, but it was the per the perfect tools at the right time. So you know they've so enough nice. experience. Yeah, that's so nice to have that to fall back on. And and that they know to just do it from the get go. It's like yeah. boom done. Well, I've been in positions. Um, I can't think of any perfect examples, but but for example, I've shown up on jobs. Say like the hiking thing. Well, oh, I have an example. I show up on a job. <clears throat> it's a commercial. Um, it's like a web commercial thing. Mm-hmm. It's more, I don't Anyway, it's four minutes long, whatever. But they call me for Steadicam and they're like, hey, can you come? I'm like, great. Never worked with them before. Right. I knew the coordinator who had referred me. <clears throat> and I came in and they the the director dp comes to me and says did they did they tell you about this shot i said no he goes okay so it's a oneer and we're gonna blah 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 it's a four minute oneer there's i think i talked about this a little before but there's nine hair and makeup and wardrobe changes during the shot and a wall gets flown out no one thought when they called me to do this to say like can you do that I mean, the, with all the wardrobe stuff, whatever, that's just shit that's right. going on. But, like, no one even thought to say, like, well, we need somebody who can do four minutes, like, 40 times. Yeah. And we did a lot of takes of it. Wow. <clears throat> and because it goes from the 80s to current day. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did do it, but I was pretty pissed because, you know, as a new client, they're like, well, we don't have a huge budget. So I gave them a little bit of a deal. You know what yeah. I mean? And then I show up and, and I'm like, and I'm the whole spot? Yeah. You said you didn't have it because their whole thing, I, I don't know how many times you've heard this. Well, we didn't have it budgeted, but we need Steadicam. You ever hear that one? <laughs> yeah. Well, you then, do, then maybe you should budget it. Well, that's the thing. It's like, well, we didn't we didn't have it budgeted, so we've just like scraped some money. In, and then you get there, and they're like, oh, yeah, it's all Steadicam today. Yeah. It's been planned like this for months. And you're like, what? Yeah. You know, so, well, less than there is. Don't give deals because they screwed up. Right. Yeah, you know? your mis- your mistake is not uh, is not my problem. Exactly. Right. Don't expect me to fix your problem. Now I'm amenable to people. Right. Of if course. they say, "Look, we really we were going to use a techno crane, and now we have to go through this doorway and into this house," 
whatever. I mean, that's obviously a bad example because then you just take the tech tech great money. <laughs> but but you know what I mean. I mean, I know exactly what you mean. Or if they say now we need Steadicam too. Yeah, and, and but there's also a difference between insincerity and we're bullshitting you to try and get your rate lower. Right. And you know that's you know there's a huge difference there. Right. So well, I did a commercial earlier. When was it? Doesn't even matter. It was a dog food commercial, so it's low mode running with these dogs. And it's a director that I know well and mm-hmm. and love and, and a DP that I know well and love. So that's part's cool. But the UPM's like, well, we want to do a half day. And I'm like, uh, I know this story, you know. And <clears throat> and so their offer's pretty good, though. Their half day offer's like a full rate. And I'm like, okay. I'm like, she's like, we know it's going to be hard. And then it all started to come around. And I'm like, oh. I'm like, okay, what are you considering? And she's like, four hours. She's like, we probably won't need you for four, but just in case. And I'm like, okay, all right. And then, you know, and then she called me the next day and said, hey, can I, I screwed up and can I take X amount of dollars, a small amount off of the top because I told the producer a wrong number. (laughs) I said, fine. And I went in, it was exactly what they said. Everybody's happy. You get the point. But, but yeah. so but you have but to being, be aware of they're what's being up. they're being honest with you they were being upfront they being upfront and honest is like you know that's that's the whole deal to me it's like if you're it says so much more about how the job's gonna go oh absolutely it says everything if if you feel they're sneaky right away yeah they're gonna be sneaky yeah yeah and 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 isn't it it's funny how so often when you you start getting that feeling your feeling is usually right so you know, I always hear that they always talk about the, for people that, you know, uh, you know, you have a bad feeling about somebody or whatever that you should listen to your the little voice inside your head. And it's like, you know, even in these cases, it's not like life life threatening, but it's probably true. They're probably, you know, looking out for themselves and not looking out for you. Right. And when you find those UPMs and um, that are actual reasonable and are upfront with you and trying not to look trying out for you to not trying to just we're just we're just or, trying to right. screw you out yes. of it it's like right. we're trying to just be you want to keep working with them right you know it's, no you're it's, right it's a joy um there's there's a few of them that i've had the privilege of and uh, you know i try and keep those relationships open and work with them as often as possible so same here why wouldn't you exactly i mean because they're going to get the shows from the people that are like them too mm-hmm. it's a whole other that is true i've that's I've uh, I've interestingly enough the same correlation. It's like I've been very fortunate that I work with a lot of really nice DPs. Um, the DPs I work with are not screamers. They're not yellers. They're open to suggestions. They're um, you know now I'm I don't ram suggestions down sure. throats. I'm I I do the you know this this was the classic taught to me by Adam Bernstein, uh, the um, uh, the T the TV director that does. Uh, he does a lot of Breaking Bads, or mm-hmm. did a lot of Breaking Bads, and is doing Better Call Sauls. And mm. um, I worked a lot with him on Scrubs, and then um, uh, on a show called Worst Week as well. And oh, Adam, as I as I always like to introduce him to people, is Adam was the director that did the Love Shack video. Oh, and Baby Got Back. No way, really. <laughs> yeah. So, uh. um, but Adam's an awesome guy, and 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 I picked up this little phrase from him in the the. Is there any value in, you know, when you're trying to offer something up? It's like, is there any value in maybe the camera coming in low and pushing up into them at the end of their line? You know, it's very unoffensive and mm-hmm. 
Um, it's it's it lets them decide. It's like here's a little idea, but it's you know, yeah. what what do you think? And it's like when throwing it to DPs or directors, it's like I'll, I'll I, I I almost say it tongue in cheek now, but it's 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 a terrific way of non-threateningly offering uh, one of your ideas in you know in a situation. Right. You know, sometimes some. Well, the big part some, of some people are not open to suggestions or ideas. Right. Even that uh, way is not offensive enough to get you in trouble. I think. Well, a big part of that equation is that you're working with people that are willing to, willing to consider, even if they hate the idea, they're willing to listen to you and go, "Thank you, great idea. I think we'll pass until yeah, absolutely whatever." You know, um, I was talking to Randy Nolan about this, and I was telling Randy like there are moments where I'm too much like that on sets because I got used to certain people that I worked with. Mm-hmm. I could approach them in any oh, right, way. Right. And it was great. And then I work with different kinds of people and they, they have egos or whatever. Right. And it's like, and I go, do you think, what do you think about, you know, or whatever? Yeah. And they're like, eh, and they're dismissive. And, yeah. and what you end up need to be doing is being like, I think we need to do this mm. and be like super direct and like, right. And, I'm just not generally that's not who I I think I can change a little bit but you right. know we're all kind of built one way. Oh yeah. You're I, not built that way. You're not built to point fingers and I mean I don't No, I'm 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 pretty chill on that. I'm uh, I try and I try hard to keep my ego in check. Um Well, we all have an ego. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we wouldn't be doing this fun job that's kind of a focal point of the set if right. we didn't have some, you know, we take pride in doing well, I meant we as in everyone, but but you're right. We yeah. we as Steadicam operators probably have a little a little more ego than most, but but um, but no, you seem to have found your kind of um, your tribe, as it were. Yeah, I definitely. I mean, I've definitely worked with a lot of the same people over and over and over and over again. The same DPs and a lot of the same directors, and uh, I mean, yeah, I can trace. I can trace back a lot of the directors and and DPs I've worked with back to 2003 um so we're f- definitely 15 years that i've worked on and off with them and that's great yeah it's been it's been terrific i mean but i do think uh there is an element of as you said of like-minded people that are they enjoy what they're doing want to do a great job mm-hmm. but simultaneously don't want to spend 14 or 15 hours getting the day it can be done in a reasonable amount of time they have a life. No, you have yes. a life, and everyone else has a yeah. life. And let's, so let's live do, life let's a do, little. Let's do great work, and let's go home. Right, right. Let's be professional. Absolutely, because it is unprofessional unprofessional to do these ridiculous hours all yeah. the time. It's you so know fun. Well, and part of the problem is okay. You do mostly half hour, but like on every you have guest directors all the time. Sure. Um, <clears throat> and I've been on shows where guest directors come in. And they just want to pound it. Now, if you're on a series, the producers will get to them pretty quickly and be like, wag yeah. your finger at them. Yeah. But they still let them do the first 16-hour day or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. Then they then they Excuse can me. reel them in. Um, it, it's tough as a um, But they, as but a they director, don't make any friends with the crew is what right. I mean. And, it's, and it's, it's such a balancing act for a director. I mean, since, you know, since, since I did get to uh, do an episode of Scrubs, um, and would like to do some more stuff down the road here. It is a balance. It, you know, everything is, is a balancing act. But sure. It, it, it's tough because it's like 
as a director, you're trying to get every possible option and thing that you can do to make sure you're set up in post. Sure. But you also have to keep your actors happy who actors, if they know their characters, they know their lines, they, they want to get in and, and get out and don't want to do a ton of different they don't want to uh, do twenty takes of everything. No, they and, don't want to do don't forty-seven do, setups. Right. They don't. Sure. You know, does the scene really call for that extra couple of right. couple or three setups? Um, you know, or can you get it? I spoke to a director recently who said, "When you're guest directing, your goal should be to get one shot every day that's your idea." Hmm. Like one added extra. So you have to shoot all this stuff that the producers and writers want and the DP wants or whoever wants. If you can get one special shot that is for you, for creative, you're doing pretty good. Mm, Interesting. Now, I don't, you know, I don't know how true that is because I don't direct. But I see it and I do see that 90, more than 90% of the time when they're like, you know, I really think it'd be cool. And it's something you don't really do on the show very often. Right. They get shot down super quick a lot of times. They're like, we just don't have to. We got to go. You know? And maybe it would be a cool shot. But you have to find a way, like, one less take of this to get right. this. You know? Or whatever it might be. Yeah. Because they don't underschedule. <laughs> <laughs> Not usually. Um, that the, On a variation of that, I've kind of had the same with... In every scene, you get your basic coverage, and if you can get the one special shot that's the fun visual shot that's not just coverage, you know... The somewhat unnecessary but cool shot. Right. The shot that you can that make you, the scene that you with. Could, right, that you could make the without, scene with I mean. without it, but it adds something. If you can get that quickly, you know, whether it's the... You know, the, there's the scene, da 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 and the phone rings, but you can do the low angle with the phone in the foreground, and the and the actor comes right up to it, and you right. know, some whatever. And if when you cut it, the tone works, right? The the style of the shot works for the tone of right. your episode. Awesome. Yeah. If not, it's fine. Right. But you but know, you're, you're already cu- you're already covered, and you, you right. know, can you get the extra special thing in in your amount of time you have? Right. Because yeah, I mean, you're you're as a director, you're definitely on the clock. Right. You're um, you know, you're on the stopwatch, if you will. So. That's why with 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 directors that I don't know that many directors that well, I know a few. Mm-hmm. But with ones that I know, I'm never afraid, especially if like if I'm doing B camera on something and they're like, Oh, this is just this quick pop with A, I'll always be like, I'll always just think of something else to do with B. Yeah. Something weird. Hmm. Not necessarily weird, but something different yeah. and stylized. Like something super low angle, like pointed straight up, it's or whatever it yeah, might be, you sure. know. And just go, does this help you? Yeah. And if they go, no, I'll get the hell out of there. Yeah. If they're like, sure, why not? Yeah. That means probably not, but we'll, we'll yeah. see later. I think the key about that is you're, it doesn't, still, it you're doesn't, still trying. Right. And, you know, a, and it a director loves anybody it. that's trying to help them. Well, that's the thing, though. The problem is I've worked with so many people who you're like, eh, and they're like, get out of there. What do you like? Their attitude is totally different, you know, where yeah. they're like, we said A only. And it's like. Okay, but we. I'm here. I'm, I'm here, and and look, I. I know we're in a hurry. The camera over. I'm not sure. gonna. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna take any time. I'm not gonna ask you to hold for a second. I'm right. gonna just do something crazy. Right. You know but, what's wrong with that? You know, I. I There's would, a control I would, thing. If it was me, I would preface it with, "Is there any value in if I?" Right. Right. No, you're right. Yeah. You're right. I mean, I guess maybe my 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 approach could improve. I I think it would probably help with certain people and not with others. Sure. 
Well, and you know, and you know, I mean, I'm I'm human too. I find that I'll offer more things to the directors that I've that have been respectful and uh, and you know, you'll maybe not be quite as nonchalant and not 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 quite as pushing the limit trying to fight for them okay you know as much as oh if you're you know i've right you're not out to screw anybody right oh right. i mean i'm always out to do a good job but it's like yeah you know there's people that you know are not yeah, not yeah. as as polite and respectful i and, get it and if somebody and comes it, in and respects you it's so you wanna, easy you to want, give them respect. You wanna, oh, and you want to you want to work so hard for them, right? It's like oh, I'm you know. And it's a circular thing because the better their Absolutely. episode is, the more they'll get to come back. Right, right. <laughs> I mean, there's and I, I again, I've been so fortunate in the directors and stuff that I get to work with. Um, I mean, there's so many good ones working in TV right now. I mean, um, I you know I, I'm hesitant to start yeah, rattling them off a, because too long I'll leave to... somebody off and then somebody will feel hurt and I don't want <laughs> definitely don't want that. Of course, um, but. Um, <laughs> Yeah, don't make a list. Yeah, I won't make a list. Don't make permanent lists. But list. I, I'm really fortunate that I get, <laughs> that I have have and continue to get to work with really wonderful people. So it's nice, isn't it? Yes, it's nice when you when you team up when you feel like you're teaming up with somebody, and when you're not worried. Oh, will they ever call me again? You know they'll call you because yeah. things are. You know that's a great feeling. Oh, absolutely. I've had it only. I've had it. I think much less than you in my career. Um, you're a little older than me, but. Um, I've just bounced around a bit. I'm, and I'm 96, Brad. You so you're older. Like I mean, <laughs> just part of that comment was right. I mean, you don't look a day over 90. So, Thank you. Uh, congrats to that. Thank you. <clears throat> but um, uh, <laughs> no, I mean, well, I mean, speaking of directors, you obviously know a lot about directing. You directed directed an episode of Scrubs. You've You've been around a lot of directors. Is that is that a goal of yours? Um, I mean, because you are being ninety six, you're getting to the end of your Steadicam career. <laughs> it's getting heavier and heavier. Well, no, I mean there is no, a absolutely. certain there is a there is a finite amount of of, of time uh, there is. in the rig. There is. I don't yeah. know. I don't know where you are. I definitely. I, I you know the interesting thing is, I have found that I'm more interested in directing than I am DPing. Um, I'm not sure what it is because being on set as an as an A camera Steadicam operator, and I think it almost comes from the A camera more than the Steadicam part. Mm -hmm. um, that I'm with the actors so much, and I'm interacting with the actors so much that I feel like it's almost the next extension in directing as opposed to you DPing. spend more time with the actors than the DP does for sure. I mean, absolutely. And and well, in most shows anyway. And, yeah. And and you you're privy to all, if not most, of the even private conversations that happen between directors and actors. Um, not true, that we're listening true. in; the, they just no, happen near no, us. No, no, it time. happens. Yeah, I mean, very much so. That's that's completely true. Um, the interesting thing that I've discovered now, like in TV, TV's always a writers, producers, uh, medium, even more than a directors. And the conversations that go on at the video village that the DP is privileged to are equally as uh, that's as important. Never and occurred that, to me that way. Uh, yeah, and that's I've discovered that much more on this uh, on this recent show that there, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of good dialogue going on there that I'm that I am missing out on. I'm hearing the the actor end, but I'm missing the producer writer end, and okay. there's a lot of stuff good stuff there. So it's like. Um, 
that's you know another end of it that that I'd like to uh, explore. So Good getting point. in the director's chair and, I'm and sure hearing in that the, side of it. I'm sure in the in the in the chairs back there, they're talking about intent with the script and then post stuff too. Oh, absolutely. How they intended, blah blah blah, and time wise, all the little details too. Le- but 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 less learning time, how- less time wise, at least from the interestingly enough from the showrunner producers. You know, line producers and UPMs are, are watching. I didn't the mean about it that way. Yeah, I, meant, I meant the um, oh, the like, t- like we don't want this scene to be over two minutes or, or yeah, okay. you know what I mean, there, like yeah. stuff like that. Gotcha. Like we w- intentionally wrote it short because we don't want to drag it out. It's right. supposed to be quick or whatever those conversations might be. Sure. Um, yeah, I didn't mean about the day. No, no, no. <clears throat> um, but um, uh, it, it, I do. That's an interesting perspective. I I hadn't really considered, and that's an interesting amount of info that you you want to get but it's also super important to have like that the you can see you can learn by watching all these other great directors what works and what doesn't oh absolutely what they said that worked what they said that the actor didn't understand Mm -hmm. um when they just shut up and let them do it when you know and all those examples which which are priceless you can't learn that anyway you can't learn that at film school no you can't and it's um, it's it's like sitting in on a master class on directing. Exactly right. I am especially when you're working with great front, comedy I've got directors. The front row seat on a master class in directing, and um, there have been so many good ones. And um, it's interesting watching how every different director's different approach with the actors is. Mm. Um, recently worked with Helen Hunt directing. Oh, cool! And she was incredible with the actors. She was, you know. But nobody speaks their language better than somebody who's already a master of that craft. And she well, was she was amazing with them. She could get, you know, why don't you just get a little a little tor- turn of word or mm. feel? I want you, you like know, really I really specific. want you feeling this way about that more. Mm. And it would change what would come out. It was very interesting. That's cool. Yeah, to just to know how to do that because mm-hmm. she's done it. So she knows. That's really interesting. Um, I know a bunch of directors used to take, well, aspiring directors used to take acting classes. Mm -hmm. Um, Excuse me. Beer. (laughs) Um, Yeah, and I think the idea is a little bit of what you're getting. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Right? You're getting that for free. Well, yeah. not even for free. You're getting You're, paid to be there. Right. Now, you know, I have, I mean, I know I have, I have some other much, responsibilities but. along the way, but uh, um, yeah, most definitely. I'm I'm trying to keep, uh, I'm trying to pay attention, pay close attention. So, because yeah, I would, I would like to explore that as we get further along. Um, There's no time know, like the as present. A, as a, as a, uh, as a 96 year old Steadicam operator. <laughs> not 96. <laughs> Um, I sixty nine, not 69. <laughs> um, no, no. I, I would, I, I do. I think that that would be the the next step that I think I would like to pursue. So that's cool. We'll see. Uh, we'll see how that goes. It's not. It's not an easy nut to crack. Even though I'm already in the DGA, um, it's still. Yeah, it's still tough. Yeah, very tough. And and um, I I just think the the position we're in is so similar in so many ways because it's the the bulk of the bulk of responsibilities that you have as an a camera operator mm-hmm. you're paying attention to everything i'm trying you're dealing with the whole cast i mean mm-hmm. the whole crew and the whole cast you know you're just getting the set right getting you know 
um, keeping everything out of frame. And, and in a lot of ways, the director is dealing with the production designer and the DP about, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm, absolutely. Making sure this is going to work yeah. and making sure that it's all it's all very like we don't I, do most of it ourselves. It's a, it's a lot of hey, could you get, grab that? And oh, absolutely, that? absolutely. I think I think I think probably the one thing you said about it that's most applicable is that it's kind of a big picture thing, and that's one of the that's things what I was that trying I've, to get to. that I've gotten to is is trying to see the big picture. Yes. Um, that's what I, I was trying I moved, to get to. I, from from Scrubs. Interestingly enough, moved from Scrubs was single camera for ninety some percent of the show we would when we would go to the cafeteria set we would oftentimes bring in a b camera because we could shoot two sides of people sitting at a table when we'd have you know six people around a table all oh, right um but most of it was single camera so i knew the cutting pattern i knew what was going to be my shot over here was going to cut with this shot over here now um you know you saw every shot yeah then cougar town evolved to missing it. half yeah right. exactly now cougar town evolved into two cameras and so suddenly it was a lot of it was two cameras on the same side coverage and you know so i would still have a, a reasonably good idea of the coverage it's a wide a wider over and a tight over yeah etc or wide over and a single whatever um but now we're doing you know three cameras is becoming the norm an a b and a c camera and um so now i'm you know mentally i'm trying to follow what's going on because as the a camera operator i feel like i need to kind of be the overseer even though the dp's back there but he's uh he, you know he's busy he with the lighting and other things too, too. Right? so as far as camera composition there. i try and make sure that we're all you know matching lenses if we're doing uh crossing coverage or, or matching sizes is more applicable because a lot of times you may have to drop one camera back a little a little further and mm -hmm. so it'll need to be a little longer so do we have sizes that are going to intercut well mm -hmm. um you're not like a super matchy matchy i'm not a super matchy, matchy i'm not guy either at all. i hate it when I, you're like measuring yeah I, i'm like oh I, yeah when you start telling me you need oh we need to drop back a half inch on this guy it's like and by the way i'm shooting a different right? person but yeah exactly they have a the, much the bigger side, head than a the much other bigger guy. heads much smaller right. head much bigger shoulders <laughs> right it's like it's not gonna work it doesn't work the same way yeah it looks so, bad i mean unless you've got unless you're shooting a set of twins then um right. you know that are that are identical twins not fraternal yeah um then maybe but uh otherwise yeah, I try and make the shot. Each shot should feel right. Exactly, I agree. So. And and you can look and feel if yes, they'll cut. That's fine. Mm -hmm. Yeah, great. Absolutely. Great. Yeah, it's not to me. It's not about the numbers. No. Um, and and look, I'll be honest. Um, <laughs> when when a director tells me to match height, I match the height so that it looks like I match the height. Yeah. You know, sometimes yeah. firsts don't like it. They they get you know. But yeah. I'm like, look, man, it looks right, doesn't it? Well, yeah. I mean, there's so now, many. Now let so me show you the one that's eight inches higher. That right. looks bad, right? Right. Yeah. Oh, what, looks, what did you? What why did do you have just, half his eye cut? Right. Or what? Or what lamp is now coming out of the right. back of his head? Right. Because now we're matching the other side exactly. Right. And it doesn't work. Mm -hmm. So, but some people are just they. Can't, I don't know if they. I think some haven't thought that much about it. Yeah. Especially like the assistants well, get all. If you watch, if you watch. So many shows, a lot, you know, most of the time, a lot, of, you know, unless you're back and forth and back and forth and back and forth, the, the shots, it's normally being like boom, a little different still boom, works. And then you're yeah. out. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's never you know. crazy. Right, right. Right. Yeah. No, you're right. And I love the shows. I mean, I love the way, like, for example, Mr. Robot shot. Mm. But that's a whole different. That's a whole other aesthetic. It's but a whole yeah, beautiful absolutely. thing. But it's totally cool. But I love off axis stuff. I love, and, and it's just funky stuff that jumps out. Like you'll mm -hmm. have a regular over. 
mm-hmm. and then they'll do my coverage like this or so, something different. Right. And then, okay, that's a way to draw attention to that shot. Yeah. You know, uh, in your in your mind. Yeah. Now, uh, but even in traditional the, coverages, I, I totally agree. It's uh, to uh, the, to be a slave to matching matching size and distance is, you know, ballpark. Yes. Um, you know, is it, you know, basically to me, it can come down to, Will it is, it, is it, a, is it a wide over or is it a tight over? Right. You know, <clears throat> right. right. Make it, make, make a wide over look good and make a tight over look good. Right. You know, ma- you know, the, you know, is it a single, you know, is it, you can be, re- excuse me. You and, can be reasonably and, and looks, consistent people, on those. people are watching a lot of monitors. Oh yeah. And you know, if the DP is like, that's just too tight or that just doesn't, it's too much on B or too much, you know what I mean? Or yeah. whatever. They just tell you. I tend to, especially as, a, as an it's, A camera it's operator, not that big a- I run, I run a zoom control all the time. Do you really? I do. Huh. I, because I, I, it's not like I'm zooming in the shot, I get but it. it, but if I find something, if, if we're in the middle of the shot and you know, they've leaned in a little bit and I find it's, um, that it gets really uh, you'll too tight, creep out on I'll them. wait till they're the other person's line and I'll, and I'll take a couple of mils out sure. and, and take the edge off of it. So um, I don't. I I kind of. I I I kind of feel like we're the keepers of the frame, and mm-hmm. if I don't feel like it's right, then I'm going to make an adjustment. And, and you're not the only one. And if the DP can, you know, doesn't like it and wants to have me correct, that's fine. Have me change if they're looking for something specific. You know, they probably would have told me that beforehand. If we're just in normal coverage, and I felt like it got too tight sure, or too loose. Sure. You sure. know, they, you know, I, you know, again, most of the guys I've worked with, we've been doing it long enough together that they my, know anyway. Yeah, so they, it's no big they, deal, right? Yeah, we're usually on the same page. Sure. They'll either have just done it and we'll get done, and they'll go, "Oh yeah, I was going to ask you to tighten that up," and you know, I snuck it in and at least got you know half of the take at a better position than yeah. I wanted. Um, but I've, which makes me, I, I have to, I have to throw out because I we talked about Andy Ross and one of my favorite DPs that I work with. Yeah, I also yeah. have to throw out Tom McGill out there, who's who I did Angie Tribeca with, and yeah. I just did a uh, uh, wine country feature with. Uh, did he do great news with Josh? Yes. Too? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. That's cool. So. Wait, wait. Sorry, I interrupted you. You said you had to throw him out. I don't. No, know. I had to throw his name out there because I'd, <laughs> I'd mentioned Andy, but I hadn't don't mentioned Tom, out, and man. I just oh, I freaking love those guys. <laughs> and and John Inwood that I did Scrubs with, who's in New, back in New York, so I don't get to shoot with him as often. Although I did, uh, I did do a little bit on American Woman that. Uh, that he did. Oh, cool. Um, I wasn't available for the whole thing, but uh, um, Ron Schlager did a great job on that. But uh, I uh, I did get to come out and play a little bit, and that was fun. Oh, nice. But John Inwood, uh, Andy Ross, and Tom McGill, just uh, all of them just super nice guys and terrifically talented DPs. Well, I've met John, I've worked with Andy, and I don't know Tom. Tom's super nice. Um, but if they're anything, if there's anything like that, they're all cut from the same cloth. It's that's just, that's cool. Super nice. That's why I say it. I'm just so fortunate. I work with the nicest people and yeah. working in comedy. I mean, I, I work five feet from actors that are trying to make me laugh. <laughs> I mean, on, on scrubs, it was like, I, I, I actually learned how to be really good at not breaking until somebody at the video village broke. Right. And then, then I could, could laugh. <laughs> right. But I, right. I, I could, I could hold that's it. your permission. I could hold. Yeah, exactly. You know, because once yeah. that went, then it's like, all right, it's good. Yeah. It's ruined anyway, so now <laughs> I can I, now I can enjoy myself. Yeah, yeah that's funny. Well, um, uh, I'm jealous of your of your your well, just that you have so many great oh. DPs that go. What was Wine Country, by the way? You just mentioned uh, Wine Country was uh, a Netflix feature. Um, uh, Amy Poehler. It was all the Saturday Night Josh Live. Josh did ladies. that too, right? Yes, Josh. I remember hearing. I did. That I did B camera. Josh did C camera, and uh, um, excuse me. Uh, Ari Robbins did a camera steady cam on oh, that okay. one. 
um, and Ari did a uh, killer job. He's a he's a uh, um, he's a madman. He's uh, he's amazing. Does tremendous work. So a lot of fun to work with. Good. I'm glad to hear that. Um, yeah, you doing B camera that was like that was odd. But well, uh, I, that's you know I think uh, I think they wanted to bring in uh, you know Ari had just done La La Land and um, was is and had just done that Justin Timberlake uh, music video and I think uh, there was some I don't know that uh, there was a Justin Timberlake uh, music video that's uh, it's a oneer in the Bradbury mm. building and um, mm. you have to look it up whoever's on here can. Okay. Look it up. It's it's amazing. I don't know the title of it though. I'm afraid to say. Oh, okay. um, but but Ari's a tremendous operator and um, is uh, ex- to to say he's extremely hot right now would be an understatement as a steady cam operator. So uh, he was brought in for that and hmm. um, we had a great time. You know, you remember how I said I try and keep my ego in check? It's like ah, you know. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm not surprised that you would do B camera. Yeah. I'm just, you know, you've been an A guy for Mm -hmm. so long. Um, But I think that you wouldn't get asked. I think, but it was a where I've been A camera in so much television, less features. So it was like, okay. So it was like a Netflix thing or whatever. Yeah, it's a Netflix feature. Um, It was all the Saturday Night Live ladies. No, but I mean, that decision and stuff is probably more like something. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Whatever it was, it was all cool. Yeah, yeah. We had such a good time. Josh and I and uh, Ari, it was uh, three Steadicam operators um, on the same show. And, you know. Only one Steadicam. And only one Steadicam. And he also, actually, because he also does. he had a uh, a Trinity out. He had an Airy Trinity. Mm. Um, the I don't even know what to call it. It's not a Steadicam. It's a Trinity. Have you tried it? Um, I've played with it once. Um, you can do some amazing things with it. Um, I don't think I ever flew it actually. Um, it's heavy. Um, I I'm not you know at this point in my career I'm not as interested in getting into it. Uh, but it definitely can do some cool things um, when you need it. You know you want to come over a hood of a car or whatever. And sure, but. Um, yeah, it was really cool. Cool. What was that noise? I don't know. There was a noise in my headphones. <laughs> Me too. I don't know what that was. It was something. That, that uh, was like a thank you for playing noise. Something with the. That was time's up. <laughs> Actually, I think it kind of was time's up. I mean, it wasn't for that, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, we've been, we've been going along pretty long. We've been, we've been talking for two beers. We have been talking for two beers. <laughs> Man. So I, I guess we, uh. I guess we better uh, wrap it up. Um, I feel like there's. I, mean, I feel like we could chat for a while. I think we could chat we for a while too. Beers, I hope, I hope it it's been get, entertaining. I hope uh, there's been had, some value. If we had three or four more beers and some some bourbon, we could degenerate this into a Baldwin <laughs> situation. I, I, I don't think I could get to that level. I mean, <laughs> that's a, that's a specific Baldwin level. And I don't mean that. I don't I, mean that in a bad way. I, I don't mean that in a bad uh, way. Yeah, it's, okay, uh, it's it's I'm. We Ron, could, Ron Baldwin is a special individual. He us. is a special guy. We, we love that guy. <laughs> he's, he's my good friend. He's my good friend. Oh, uh, anyway, well, thank you, Rich. Thank you. It's been such a pleasure, man. Thanks oh, for uh, really coming and terrific. hanging out. Thank you. My pleasure. That was fun. Thanks again to Rich Davis. Uh, we really could have chatted for uh, hours and hours longer, which we did actually after we stopped rolling, but um, and we got our shots in at Baldwin. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. And I'll catch you next week.